All right. Let's go right to our Bible study. And uh, we'll look at the book of uh, Romans, chapter number 12. Romans, chapter number 12. I want to talk about the idea of live peaceably. Live peaceably. I don't know, for, for, for some reason, the Lord is bringing me to some messages that involves relationship lately. I'm not an expert on any of that. I'm learning myself. But uh, the Philippines has taught me some things. Uh, they're very relationship-oriented people. And that may be why a lot of my thoughts lately has been on that, because uh, it's just a culture I came out of being there for 10 years. It just does a number on you. You know, when you're around somebody, you start to think like them, you start to act like them, you start to behave like them. So I'm asking, who are you hanging around? Because uh, it will show in your mindset, it will show in your action, in your words, and it will show. Eventually, it will be uh, seen outwardly. All right? So let's look at what it talks about to lead peaceably. A lot of these things... Uh, We have a good church. Pastor Cole is a great teacher of the word. A lot of these uh, nuts and bolts we already know and probably heard a hundred times. But uh, I want to cause some practicality to come out. What does that mean? The truths that we know does not do any good if we don't understand how to apply it in life. Remember what I preached about a very simple message on a Sunday morning. There's three responses when you hear the truth from the word of God. Three responses. I don't care how old you are. Three responses. When you hear the word of God, you can act like a simple person, you can act like a foolish person, or you can act like a wise person. That principle is all the time. When you read the Bible by yourself, I hope you have devotion at home by yourself, where you take the time to read the Bible and let God draw something out of his word and impart in you and feed you. Or when you're listening to preaching, maybe a a favorite preacher. It's not wrong to have favorite preachers, all right? I have favorite uh, preachers that I listen to. It's not wrong to have those things. Uh, And so uh, maybe you listen to preachers online. You have maybe a podcast that you listen to, a spiritual podcast. My wife listens to uh, Taylor. Francie Taylor, wow, amazing. All my messages now coming from her. But uh, I said, let me listen to that. Wow, that is so good. Now I'm giving you some of my secrets. But uh, anyways, uh, really good stuff. I've been listening to another one. Me and my wife listened to a couple uh, that maybe one day uh, I, have a, I have a dream to have them come and present their ministry to our church. And it's really good. It's a husband and wife, and they uh, back and forth, they give out relationship principles from Scripture and how to better relate as husband and wife. And so uh, Tim Young, right? What was his first name? David Young. I'm getting in trouble. I'm online too, so uh, forgive me if I'm uh, saying stupid things here. Lead peaceably. Romans 12 and verse number 17 to verse number 21. I'm accustomed to having us stand up, but not tonight. Let's go ahead and just uh, sit down and take a, take, a, take a little bit of an easy time. And let's go ahead and read Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 17 to start our night. Romans 12 and verse number 17. It says, uh, recompense, uh, don't give back, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And that lifestyle is hard. 
because it takes a lot of humility because we are a man and a woman that fails. So it's good when we don't do wrong because it's easy to live honest. I think it's harder to live honest when we have faults. And then sometimes those faults shows because what we have to do then is then apologize. Admit we did wrong and then we apologize. And then not just admit we did wrong, not only do we apologize, then we do something about it, right? We, uh, let's say, we make it right. So if I say uh, I drank somebody's water, I didn't know it was theirs. So that's a fault. I didn't pay attention. And so what I would do is say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drink your water. That was your water? And they'll say yes. Well, I'm sorry about that. I made a mistake. Let me get you another one. You see the principle there? That should be across the board. When you make a mistake, you admit that you make a mistake, you apologize for it, and then you try to recompense. Now, don't get confused with this word. I didn't want to use it. But uh, because uh, I want to say something different about it, but you need to make it up if you possibly can. Now, there are some mistakes. I'm warning you. Be careful. I'm warning you. Don't take it lightly doing wrong things, and it should cause us to be careful what we say, what we think, and what we do. Because there's some sins that it's going to be hard for you to make it up. The Bible speaks of one sin that is that difficult. He says, who can stand against envy? And he talks about a man and a woman that's married, and you get into the marriage by you cheating on on that man with his wife. And the Bible says... What do you have to stand against envy? And God says, watch out, because that man might take your life. And so there's some things that we do that we have to be mindful. We have to pay attention. We have to pray about it. We have to seek God's power and strength to the Holy Ghost that we don't ever do those things. Because some of the consequences are hard to make it up to. Now, the water that I made a mistake and I said it wasn't mine, that was easy. Well, that isn't even hard. But there's some things I would not do because there's no way for me to recompense back. There's no way for me to make retribution. Okay? And so think about that in that area. Now look at this. It says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Verse number 18. If it be possible, if it be possible, uh, as much as lieth in you, live peaceable with all men. Now, there's some discrepancy here even with that idea, if it be possible, right? Meaning that the author here understands there's some circumstances and situation and people that it's hard to live peaceable with. Now, I mind you, don't be that kind of a person that's hard to get along with, all right? But the Bible gives us, when he gives us his command, he gives us a little bit of an understanding that there is some difficult situation and difficult people. So God is not saying to you uh, that he doesn't understand how hard it is. But then at the same token, he said this, put a lot of effort into it. Put a lot of effort into it. Don't do it haphazardly. Don't do it with a little bit of an effort. Do it with a lot of effort because this is so difficult. Look at what it says again. If it be possible... As much as, not as less as, I'm going to get away as, as less as I possibly can. 
No, that's not what God says. As much as you can possibly do this. As much as it says here in verse number uh, 18, as much as life in you live peaceable with all men. Now I can couple this with the principle we know. With men, it is impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, if we couple God into this situation and we bring God in the situation, there possibly a way we could actually live this verse out easily. Not only are we relying on our own strength, but coupling it and actually relinquishing control and giving God the complete control and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I depend on you so that I can live peaceable with men and women around me. And God might just do the impossible. He might have you get along with most people. Now, there's another verse the Bible tells us in Scripture that, uh, uh, woe, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, I'm quoting it wrong. Uh, it's a warning when, when the Bible says that everybody likes you. The idea of being peaceable is not that you're trying to come up with ways to be liked. Don't get confused when I'm talking about peaceable. All right? When we think of being peaceable, we think, oh, he doesn't cause any problem with anybody. No, 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 no. That's not the scripture. Jesus is the prince of peace, but yet he got crucified. So don't lose this now in your mind. Well, if I'm peaceable, that means I don't make anybody mad at me. No, 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 no. That is not scriptural. That's not what the word peaceable means. That's not what it is, what it means, all right? So don't get lost in that, in thinking that, well, to be peaceable means everybody has to like me and I don't uh, have any problems with anybody. No, that's not the Bible description of living peaceably. So don't get lost. Don't get the world defining that for you. Let's let the Holy Ghost and the Word of God define what it means to be peaceable. Now, it looks in verse number 19 here, dearly beloved, this is what it means, what it talks about, Bolt, nuts and bolts, practicality of what it means to live, live feasible. Look at this says, verse number 19. It defines for us a little bit. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And it gives you more description. So don't be quick to recompense to them what they deserve. Well, they deserve it. I don't get mad, I get even. Those sounds cute, but they're not Christian. All right? They sound cute, and it sounds funny, and it's very smart-aleck-like. And New Yorkers like that, but it's not Christian. All right? And look at what it says. Verse number 20, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, what does it mean to recompense good or not uh, to avenge yourself? If you're an enemy hunger, here's the spirit, and here's the practicality, feed him. If the enemy has a need, you fulfill the need. You meet the need. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, this is not in mindset only, or it's done in the head. This is action. This is doing. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals on fire on his head, conviction. You're killing him with love. All right? And so doing, uh, 
Thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Verse 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I think these verses are very clear to us, and it gives us a description of what the Bible says to us, what it means to live peaceably. The idea of peace to us is there's no conflict. It's not on this earth. The Philippine people are very, very hospitable people. Very hospitable. Very, very poor, most of them. Not all of them, but most of them are poor. And in their culture, spirited-wise, they will give of what they really don't have just to make you happy. But living there for the time that I lived there and ministered to them, they still sin. There's still people that get upset. And there's still people that have wills. And if they don't go their way, they get upset. And guess what? These sweet people, listen to me, the sweet people at times do not like each other. And at times would come to me in confidence and say, I don't like him. And I said, what are we going to do about this? We're going to act like the world and solve this problem. We're going to act like the Bible. And so it doesn't matter. It's just part of human nature here to be self-preservation and protect ourselves. And Christianity says to a point here, give, give. Give preferences. Give them uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and sacrifice and give. And it's so hard, but it's, it's what Jesus did. It's what the Bible tells us. We are commanded to live peaceable with all men. Would that make it sense to include the brethren in the church? So that includes the church folks. If God wants us to live peaceable with all men, That includes the people that live here and that worship together with us in this church. All right? Uh, You can't give something you don't have. You can't give something you don't have. That's a good principle to think about. Uh, I have water, and if you need water, I can give you water because I have water. I don't have a million dollars, so if you need that, I can't give it to you. I don't have it. You can't give peace because you don't have peace. And so we need to look inside first why uh, maybe we are not able to be peaceable, all right? And so let's look at this for a second. You can't give something you don't have. Maybe part of the reason why you struggle to be peaceful with others is because you are lacking peace within yourself. Avoiding conflict by simply avoiding people does not really solve the problem, all right? Well, I don't like them, so I'm just going to make sure my life doesn't involve them. You can't do that in the church because the Bible tells us to unify together. The Bible tells us to edify one another. The Bible tells us to care for one another. The Bible says weep with them that weep in the church and rejoice with them that rejoice. You can't live your Christian life fully if you're going to avoid other Christians. If you want to live the Christian life truly as the Bible dictates and the Bible gives to us, the groundwork and the blueprint of what a Christian is in a member of a church, you can't avoid people. Well, I'm going to avoid them. 
It might help you for the time. But there's going to be a time that you're going to need those people. And there's going to be a time that people are going to need you. And if you keep avoiding people, it's not going to solve the problem. It'll just mask the problem. It might appear that there's no problem. But there's probably a big problem. All right? So conflict is not a problem in itself. Now, contentions is the problem. Conflict arises because we're different people. We have different ages. All right? Even from the older to the younger, if I ask you to do an activity that all of us are involved, I can guarantee you, I can depict a lot of times by age group what you're going to do. And a lot of times they contradict each other. Now, it's not always the case. There's some exception on both parties. But then you break it down even further down. There's some things that it's just not we're going to agree 100%. It's just as human in us. Even the ones that love each other the most, our husband and wife relationship, we don't agree on every little thing. How are you going to solve the disagreements? Disagreements are not wrong. There's Bible principles on, on what we have to do when disagreement comes. The Bible says, can two walk together lest they be agreed? So if you're not agreeing and you're saying, well, just I'm, I'm going to avoid that topic. No. The reason that topic showed up in your life and that reason that that particular item comes up into your life because it's part of life. You have to deal with it. You can't avoid it. And avoiding and avoiding and avoiding it, what happens is a lot of times bitterness sets in the heart. Because the Bible says bitterness is like a root that troubles you. The opposite of peace is being troubled. Being troubled inside. There's a war happening inside your heart. And may I ask this, maybe you can't be peaceable with another brother or another sister. It's because within yourself, there's some war that's happening, and you need to get God to help you win them inside you. Maybe you're suffering from abuse, and I don't make this light. That is a serious thing, post-traumatic disorder. Those are real stuff. Maybe you need to deal with that. You can't live with your husband because you're dealing with that. Or you can't live with your wife because you're dealing with that. Learn to deal with them and learn to find the source of peace. And so we must remember that source and receive that peace within us. And then let that peace, after we have received it, work itself out of us and to affect others around us. God says, I'm the Prince of Peace. And I'm going to read you a verse here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse number 33. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14 and verse number 33. The Bible tells us, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints. Very beautiful context. In the church house, there's a problem with peace. Why? Because there are people that don't think alike. And they have a problem solving their conflicts. In a relationship... Two good people will disagree. Eventually, they will disagree on an item. Maybe the food that they're eating. Maybe the show that they're watching. Maybe the clothes that they're wearing. Maybe the church they want to go to. Maybe the school they want to put their kids in. You name it. Any two good people, at one point or another, when you have them sit and get to know each other well enough, they will disagree on something. And here's the truth I learned a long time ago, and has saved my life. 
learn to disagree respectfully. Learn to disagree respectfully. Not every issue is so important that you have to be right and that you have to get your way. Not every issue is so important that you have to get your way and that you have to have it your way all the time. Now, in my wife and I, uh, there are some things that we have had conflict, and so we have learned to resolve them. Not with pride, because pride brings contention. All right? Don't, don't, don't confuse conflict and contention. Contention is conflict being resolved by pride, and it doesn't get resolved. And fighting happens. <sighs> Lashing of words. <sighs> Throw up. <sighs> Well, excuse me. May actually throw up. And so we need to be careful that we don't have pride and we have to have humility. Humility is so key in relationships across the board. As I study how is it to be better related to somebody, in any realm, humility shows up almost every single time. If you have some humility in your heart, you can get along with most people. And you know why you're having a hard time getting along with most people? It's maybe because you haven't figured out the peace in here. There's a war within you. And people that are unruly in their heart, they become violent outside. It might not be physically, but by words, their demeanor. Something is wrong inside, and you need to let the Lord help you. And so the source of peace is Jesus Christ. So point number one, we need peace with God. We need peace with God. And that's through salvation. We need to get saved. I'm going to go through really quick in these verses because most of us on Wednesday night is probably saved. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need Jesus Christ. Then you have to have the peace with God. Because if you don't have salvation in Jesus Christ, you are an enemy of God. And I'll read that verses for you, Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. Look at this, Ephesians 2. If you want to turn there, Ephesians 2, look at some of the words it describes us before salvation. Ephesians 2.13 to verse number 18. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. Very clear. For he is our peace. Who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the reconciliation. He is the one that makes it right again. He's always the man and the God that does that. And as a Christian, we need to have that spirit. We need to help unite, but not to uh, sow discord. We need to unite and not to sow discord. For he is our peace who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. That's the word, the enemy. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make himself of twain one new man, so making... What? So making peace. 
And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Verse 17, And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. What did Jesus do? He took man that is sinful, and he took a holy God and says, let me reconcile you. The wrath of God on sin is uh, that he cannot be with sinners. But Jesus says, well, God, I have a way. I'm a holy, holy being, and I will be willing to sacrifice myself for them if you be willing to accept my blood. And God says, I will. And God was satisfied. And then to men, he says, hey, God can't let you into heaven because of your sin, but let me die for you. Just accept that as a gift that I want to give you so that you and God can be together eternally. And then anybody that accepts Jesus Christ, us, men and women, he says, well, now we're with God. And so forever in heaven, we're going to enjoy that because of the work of God, Jesus Christ. And we emulate him, and so in the Christian world, in the Christian church, guess what we do? We mediate. We reconcile. We meet one person that is in disagreement with another person, and we try to find a way that they can be reconciled. And that's the spirit that needs to be in our heart. We need to bridge the gap. We need to bridge the gap. Look at Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Salvation gives us peace with God. Point number two. Not only do we need to have the peace with God, but then he gives us a bonus. Not only are we all right with him, now he gives us that peace within us so that we can be okay with ourselves. Have you ever heard this? Some people can forgive others, but they can't forgive themselves because there's a war within them. And God is able, God is able to go inside a man and all of the problems that we face and battle inside, God can fix it. God can fix it. He can make the maniac a sound mind, a sound man. He can do that. He's got the power to do that. We need the peace of God. How do we get the peace with God? Through salvation. How do we get the peace of God? That's through prayer. And look at Philippians 4, 6 to verse 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Prayer gives you peace. If you're praying the right way, and if you're praying according to the scripture now, you will find that you will be overwhelmed with peace as you're praying. Prayer gives peace. You want peace that passes all understanding? The way you access that peace is through prayer and supplication. I'm going to go point number three because our time is really expired here pretty soon. Point number three. Not only do we need peace with God, and that's through salvation, we need peace of God, and that's through prayer. And lastly, we need peace with one another. And how do you do that? Through sowing peace. By sowing peace, you reap peace. That's the sowing and reaping principle we talked about. 
Look at James chapter number 3 and verse number 17. James chapter number 3 and verse number 17 to verse number 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. Pure means clean. There's no hidden agenda to it. It's honest. It is just pure. There is no hidden agenda. There is no manipulation. It's just pure. The wisdom that is from above. And then it's peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, easy to get along with, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality. We talked about respect last Sunday night, I believe it was, or a couple of Sundays ago, and talked about that there is no respect of person in a Christian. There's no partiality. And without hypocrisy, there's no double face. There's no double face in our service. I don't preach because I have a hidden agenda here. I don't, I don't try to be your pastor because, whoa, I got a hidden secret you guys don't know about. I, I did this on purpose so that I could get this and this. Uh, it's all hidden. You don't know about it. No, I try to be as honest as I can. I try to be as transparent as I possibly can. And uh, as a Christian, we should do that. When I say I appreciate you guys, I mean that. I'm not trying to manipulate anything out of you. If I give you a gift, that's from a pure heart. We try to give you a gift because God says we should appreciate those that we love. And so I give you a gift. That's as small as it can be. There's no hidden agenda. Well, you're doing that so you can get something out of me. I'm sorry if you feel that way. That's not what I'm doing it for. And as a Christian, we should be all like that. I'm not buying your appreciation, and I'm not buying your respect. I am just trying to be loving like the Bible tells us to be. There's no hidden agenda with Chris Barron. Ask my wife. I have no agenda being the pastor here. There is no secret. Oh, he did that because he has something else. No, I don't. I just try to live honest. Because living honest kind of cuts out a lot of the unnecessary drama. There's already drama. So why feed it? You like to be in drama? That's so stressful. Oh, he said that. I wonder why he said that. Did you see them over there together? What are they talking about? I heard my name. They're talking about me. wonder what they're talking about. I don't live my life like that. Guys, if you want to live like that, you all power to you. It's not biblical. It's not Christian. I live honest. I just, nice to see you. Oh, you got hurt? I'm praying for you. That all is with sincerity as much as possibly can have. Let's live like that. We'll have more peace with one another. I'm not trying to pull a wool over your eyes. Oh, I need to talk to him this way because really if I get him to think this way, I'm going to plant this seed of thought so that maybe this will come this way and so that I can get this over here. What? That's too much work. You can have that life. And God sees through all of that. If you're manipulating a friend just to get something out of them, God knows that. And he will get you the due recompense of that. And there's so many dramas already. Life is full of it already. Let's not create more on purpose. Let's not create any more. We should love one another. I'm not partial to one group over the other group. I don't try to be. (laughs) Let's just be friends. Let's smile. Just kidding. Somebody gave me that. I'm wearing it. All right? 
Look at this. Romans 14, 17, 19. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. This is talking about personal liberty now. Uh, you're talking about setting up standards for yourself and uh, what you're going to wear, what you're going to watch, what you're going to participate in, what kind of activity you believe as a Christian is okay with God and you. That's the standard, all right? I try not to set any standard for anybody. Why? Because that's not my job. But as a church, I am given responsibility for what goes on in this, this building and this particular group of people. I have to answer to the Lord for this in the book of Hebrews. Guess what? So I have to have a standard. And I talk to you. You know, I'm very honest with you. I'm not going to tell you how long your skirt should be. I don't, I'm not even telling you what to wear. But when you're seeing it up here, there's probably going to be something I'm going to say. Because I'm upholding a standard as the pastor of this church, just like our former pastor did before me. And that's not, that's not unreasonable. That's what I have to do. And someday when I go to your house, you have a standard. You don't want me coming and telling you what to do. That's your liberty. That's your soul liberty with God. And so when you set up standard, the Bible gives us liberty. And God tells us that we need to be mindful of scriptural, scriptural principles before we say, well, I don't need to do that. Because mom and dad did that. Well, you need to have Bible reasons for why not doing that. Well, mama, and, mama and daddy do it, and they didn't know what they were doing. They just were just following the preacher. Well, you're going to find out if the preacher is right or not. You have to find out before you eradicate it. Before you say, well, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to wear this. Because the preacher preached then. I don't like what the preacher said. That's not going to go with God. You have to have a Bible reason. I'm not going to tell you that. You are responsible for the standards at your own personal self in your home. I'm not going to go to Brother Gallo. I'm picking on him. I'm not going to Brother Gallo's house and say, Brother Gallo, let's sit down. Your wife needs to wear this. That's weird. (laughs) Does that sound weird to you? That's not my job. And please don't come to me and say, Pastor, did you know it ain't my job? (laughs) Now, if they're coming here and singing to the pulpit here, and they're wearing something that is not acceptable. As the pastor, I have to make some standards on that, right? And I have to have some biblical reason for why I want that. And there's something to be said. But if you saw them at Walmart, you don't pay me enough. You do not pay me enough to go after you at Walmart and say, Hey, why are you buying in the beer place here? You don't pay me enough. I'm not, that's not my job. Is that understood? That's not my job. That's up to be you and the Lord. And here's my caution to you. Any standards you have, make it Bible-based. Get a principle that you find across the scripture to say, I'm doing this because of this Bible verse and this Bible passage and this truth. And guess what? I'm going to respect you. And if I have a different Bible standard, guess what? I'm going to disagree with you respectfully. And I'm not going to land blast you from the church. You know those people that watch Disney. (sighs) Wicked people. That's not my job. You have to ask God for that. You have to ask God for everything that passes through your eyeballs. Whether it be on YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, Wave. Is that the new thing? Wave. You don't pay me enough. And it's not my job. It's hard enough that I have to deal with myself. And I'm responsible for my family. My wife helps me with the children. I'm glad that she helps me. 
because we are answerable. As long as those people live in my home, I'm answerable to them. God's going to say, when you had Avi, you allowed this. Why? My wife said so. <laughs> That's not going to fly. Well, I got off on the rabbit trail. Uh, let's finish here because uh, we're having fun. And for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. And look at the spirit here. Peace. 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 We don't need to be mean. We don't need to be mean with the truth. We don't have to be mean with the truth. We need to be stern. We don't need to compromise on truth. But we need to be stern and yet respectful and peaceable. I tell to my kids, she's going to ask something. I said, no. That's not mean. Why? Because the Bible says. Let me show you, son, what the Bible says. That's not being unruly. I'm not going, no, the Bible says. I'm not doing that. I'm not being crazy. I'm not being unreasonable. I'm being peaceful with him. I'm actually taking the time to talk to my son. And I'm giving him what the Bible says and what I believe. And I respect him enough to give him the time to explain this. And I expect him, in some ways, to give me some due respect. Mutual respect with one another. And I'll tell him this. And I say, well, Dad, and you have to be careful when they ask you a question. Guess what? Let them speak. And then answer their question. Oh, there's a lot going on in the Baron's house because things are coming up. Issues are coming up. And guess what? They're just not going to believe me because I don't have time. You know. That's what we do. No, I have to have the Bible. I have to open up the Bible. Well, here's the principle, son. Why mama wears this? Look at this. Why we don't watch this show? Look at this. And then we tell them. If you go to somebody else's house and they have a different standard, guess what? We don't go correcting them. Now, we might not have you spend time with them as much. That's our, that's our, in secret, by the way, not in snobbish way. We have to do that in a nice way. Well, you guys watch that, so my kids ain't going there. No, 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 that's wicked. That's mean-spirited and junk. That should not be in our church. We should be peaceful with one another and reason with one another and come to terms as men and men and women and women. Have some character. Have some discipline. Know what you believe in and talk. Talk as men. Talk as women. No, I'm not going to allow that. I've talked to some of you that have kids, and I say, I don't allow this at our home. You might, but please respect. We, we won't want to do this, but we want to spend time with you. Can we agree on some terms? And guess what? We do. And guess what? We spend time with people. But we don't bring up things for no reason. We don't bring it in arrogance or in being stubborn. We just try to be peaceable. I have to answer for some of the things that I allow. I don't have to answer for the things that is not out of my realm. You guys have to answer for that. All right. There's another principle that's going to take us too long. Let me read you one verse and we're done. Mark 9.50. Salt is good. This is the Bible now. Mark 9.50. Salt is good. But if the salt had lost its, his saltness, 
wherewith will ye season it? There's another verse you're probably thinking about that's more famous. But this is, this is what it's talking about. Wherewith will you season it? Now, we talk about salt as a seasoning. It's an enhancement of flavor. It enhances the flavor of the food. Use it. Have salt in yourselves. What in the world is the Bible saying now? Have salt in yourself. Did you know the Bible says that to you? Have salt in yourselves. Be full of salt. Have salt in yourselves. And what is he talking about? This is what he's talking about. And have peace with one another. Somebody said it very, very good. Scott Hanks, a good Bible student. I got some stuff from him. The peace we have toward others should be as as noticeable as the taste of salt on food. You cannot always see it, but you can taste it. And that's how to describe this verse. And I think that's a good description of the verse. We should enhance others around us, and it's like using the peace of God that we have in our heart and let it protrude out of us And as we're peaceable with our brothers and sisters, guess what? I'm not out to fight you. So when I come to you, I'm not out to fight you. That's not my first motivation. Oh, I caught them doing something wrong. Here I come. I'm the pastor. Boom! That's not my job. I I, I don't want to do that. I was not going to accomplish anything. A lot of people, a lot of you guys that come on Wednesday night, you already know when you do something wrong. I know when I'm guilty of doing something wrong. And you know what? The Lord already hits me. And sometimes you need a brother that says, hey, uh, you need anything? I'm praying for you. Uh, Can I help you? And then those peaceable entreatments with people, the the way they talk to us, the way they, they befriend us, do you not find that those are the people you open your heart to? Do you notice that? The people that give you that sense of, I love you, bro. I'm not here against you. I'm not, I'm not even, I don't want to know this juicy detail so I can use it later and blackmail you. I'm here because I'm really concerned because I love you. And I'm not out for you. I'm with you. I want to protect you. I want to love on you. And if you give me that, guess what I do? I bury it. It's not going to go anywhere else. Right? And you not open up to people like that when they're welcoming to you like that. Do you feel more open with those people? You give them things that you will not give other people. So, Christian, how are we going to help a hurting world if they can't even talk to us because we're so unsavory? Ah, Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this good people of our church at Faith Bible. Every one of them, I see them. I pray for them by name. Every one of them, from the young to the old, all of them have amazing potentials. All of them love you. I know that. I talk to them. I see them. A lot of them are trying to serve you in a way that you lead them to. And Lord, help them. Help them to learn. And help me as their pastor to learn with them. How is it to be peaceable with one another? Help us not to be out for blood. Help us not right away uh, have a sinister idea. Lord, help us not to have doubtful minds in our, in our heads. Help us to be kind. And help us to be respectful and help us to practice this peace and live peaceable. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, for the sake of time, we're done.